0: Welcome Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome everyone for another edition of Hot Take Tuesday. Throughout this episode we will be reacting to hot takes that are submitted to us via social media. Mostly through Twitter, but we do have some Facebook, uh, you know, people chiming in uh, from that end of the social media spectrum. So we'll be getting to some of those and we'll typically take about 30 to 35 minutes going through them. Charlie Smith, Jason Kelly, back with me for this episode. Guys ready?
1: Let's do it. I'm ready.
0: Let's go. All right, so long-time follower of mine. I I would describe him as a frenemy because he's embedded deep into the Yankees fan base. David Veloz says, Shohei Otani is God, and Cushman needs to accept that fact. Is Shohei God, or am I delusional?
1: Uh... No, because I would figure God would be leading the Cy Young race right now, <laughs> uh, which I don't think Shohei Otani is. Like he, he's he's a phenom in terms of being a, a you know two way player and doing it successfully. Um, that's great, but I still think he's pretty average as a pitcher. Like I don't think that he's Jacob Degrom. You know, if he if he's going out there mashing homers and he's pitching like Jacob Degrom, sure, then I'll invite the Shohei Otani as God. Uh, comments but right now he's just kind of an average pitcher so is he god no is he great yes but let's chill out a little bit
2: I mean Cushman hasn't picked five straight series winners (laughs) so I can make a case that maybe that's me uh no Shohei Otani is a fantastic talent and will be uh, I mean I think should be one of the most talked about uh players and stories in baseball but I don't know if I'd quite call him God. I mean, the level of consistency that we would need to see in order for that to happen 100 career wins, 350 career home runs. Maybe we could start talking about one of the best players that we've ever seen in this generation, but far from God.
0: I'm just anti hype train. We'll see what he's doing a couple seasons from now. If he's going to Cooperstown, it's going to be because of his bat, most likely. If he pitches a full season and gets that ERA under two, sub two, I might start to believe he might be God. But we're a long way from that. We're we're a long way from that. So David, obviously, big Shohei guy. He's growing on me a little bit, but and he might be mowing his way into the the Cy Young, <laughs> not Cy Young, excuse me, the MVP race. Uh, you know, so we'll see. But speaking of mowing, summer is here. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Manscaped will also throw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0. Those are the Manscaped boxers in the shed travel bag bring your comfort and boxers to another level get 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com again that is 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com escape the shrubs and weeds this summer shine with manscaped getting back into the hot takes this one is kind of well we'll get into it but speaking of the mvp race jason hanf on facebook said devers should be leading the mvp voting after this weekend that's a bit of a stretch for me because, I, I mean, I think Shohei, he's got, what, around 20, no, excuse me, 35-ish home runs hitting uh, certainly for much better average than than Devers is.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i pretty sure the only statistical category that Devers is leading in is RBIs now, right? Unless he hasn't quite surpassed Vlad Jr. Um, because to me, it's a two horse race in the American League. It's either Vlad Jr. or it's Shohei. Um, I don't, I, as much as I would love to put Devers there because I love him, he's not quite there. I, he's hitting 279, 26 homers, decent number. And I do think he's either leading or he's top, you know, top three in RBIs. But defensively, he's not that great. Um, I think the average needs to be a little bit higher. So he'll be in the conversation. But no, he he shouldn't be leading by any stretch. It's To me, it's Vlad Jr. or Shohei. It's one of those two.
2: I agree. I think it's going to be uh, Shohei 1 and Vlad 2. You are right. Rafi Devers is in first in RBIs by just one. uh, But Vladimir Guerrero is the only person in the American League that is in the top five in all three. Um, And if you're just looking at stats, I think he's actually higher than that in all three as well. I think he's second in average. I believe he's second in home runs behind uh, Otani. And the only person that has more RBIs is Devers by one. So um, this is a potential triple crown candidate uh, in the Amer- for the offense. Um, if Shohei either gets injured or suddenly stops hitting a lot of home runs or just something happens. Uh, but Devers is, is is a far third. And um, you have to be unbiased here. Um, if Vladimir Guerrero was playing for a team that was, like, doing insane, Vladimir Guerrero is your number one. And it's not even close. Um that that's my input on it a great input as a it's a great comment um just to reinforce that i i support the fact that you have that passion that drive and that love for devers but you have to recognize that he's just a tick or two behind uh vladdy and shohei right now
0: shohei is also a hundred points north of devers in slugging percentage So And he's leading the league in that category. He has a 6.85 slugging percentage. So, yeah, Devers probably not going to win the MVP unless unless Shohei kind of scuffles coming down the stretch or gets injured. I'm not rooting for that. Uh, I do like Shohei, and if he does win the MVP, then more power to him. And... If something like that were to happen or something unforeseen, it's still going to be a dogfight with Vladimir Jr. as well. So, I want to add a layer to this. We've talked about it in recent shows, and they they talked about it quite a bit this weekend, how only two other players before Devers got to 100 home runs faster. And that was Ted Williams and Tony Canigliaro, who I could never remember. But, yeah, they got there the quickest. And now Devers, at 24 years old, has gotten there. And you look at how clutch he was in Game 2 and how he just continues to come up super clutch in a lot of games we've discussed his contract status on and off throughout the the season. And I think there's going to be a lot of comparisons to David Ortiz throughout his career. I don't know if he's going to quite have those signature postseason moments, but when all is said and done, his numbers are going to be as good in the regular season, if not better, I feel like than David Ortiz and his career is going to, going to be longer because Ortiz was kind of on the scrap heap. You know, we got him for nothing from the twins when he was 26, 27 years old. And that was a mistake on the twins part to, to let him go and and not see him through. But how big of a mistake is it going to be on the Red Sox part to not extend him? 'Cause they're seeing it right now. There's there's nobody in our system that can give you the offensive output that he's giving us. The
1: the only guy who potentially could would be Tristan Cassis. Um, who we've heard is like gonna be a monster when he comes up. But I always worry about that because I remember the days of Lars Anderson. And that's a name that many people won't remember, but I remember hearing that Lars Anderson was going to be this giant when he came up, and he was going to hit 50 bombs from first base, and he never panned out. Um, so Tristan Cassis, to me, like I'm a big fan of him, but he's still unproven. Rafael Devers is proven. He's doing it at the big league level right now. And I've said it before, he reminds me so much of Adrian Beltre. Just from the left-handed side, he he swings big. He's got a similar build. He's kind of got a similar personality too. He seems a little bit goofy out there, which I which I like. I think that's good. Um, so, and I think the Red Sox made a mistake letting Adrian Beltre go when they did. Um, he went on even in his later years to have a very good career, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer when his time is is ready. So. I, I think they need to extend Evers. they need to lock this guy up as soon as they can because is he gonna be David Ortiz? I don't know. In terms of the power and the clutch like David Ortiz might have been a once in a lifetime kind of talent. Um, could he be Adrian Beltre though? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think he's he's got all the tools to do it. so I think they'd be stupid to let him go. Like I said, I anyone who's listened to our show knows that I was a you know I was in favor of them. Trading Mookie, not re-signing him. I've called him Andrew McCutcheon 2.0. I still stand by that. Um, I think Rafael Devers is the much better long-term investment. So if the trade-off was not signing Mookie because he wanted to save the money to sign Devers, I'm all for it. I hope they do it.
2: Yeah, it's it's really hard to imagine a, a, a team like Boston without Rafael Devers on it now. I think that would be absolutely devastating um and i can see him being better than adrian beltray i can i struggle to imagine it better than big poppy um and the reason for that being is we still don't know like can he consistently do it season in season out i don't know i'd like to say yes uh but we still have like a fun loving you know third baseman he's still gonna look like a baby even when he's 40 years old like that's just He's a little... It's like baby Rafi D over here. Like, he's been one of our guys. And he's never said anything, anything remotely close to, like, what Mookie Betts had said and done, what Xander Bogarts had said and done. And I think the optics of him leaving would be very, very bad. You need to lock him up, and it may cost you a little bit extra in the long run. But the team has spoken. The fans have spoken. They want him here for life.
0: His... Career batting average is 10 points below Ortiz, and his career on base currently is almost 30 points below. But here's the thing for me arguably, 2021 is Devers' second full season. He only played, let's see, he played 121 games in 2018. I've got it right here. Um, Yeah, so 121 games in 2018. He was scuffling offensively and defensively. was just a mess for the first half of the season. Came up halfway through the 2017 season. So that was abbreviated, you know, because that was basically his rookie year in 2019. Devers plays 156 games was top 10. No, excuse me. He was 12th in the MVP voting led the league in doubles that year with 54. So his first truly full season and Almost a top 10 MVP guy. 2020, obviously, abbreviated. The numbers were wonky for everyone. And then here we are in 2021. He's going to be top five MVP by the looks of it, I would think, especially with Trout missing so much time. I just hope at this point cuz I don't know where Bloom's mind is at and he he could end up being radical in in ways that we've never seen. And and that might not necessarily be a bad thing, but they made a colossal mistake not extending him last winter. And I just don't see how they can screw it up this winter. Ideally, he will finish in the top five, like I just said, and then finally have some signature moments in the month of October. He has a 311 batting average in the month of October with a 373 on base. So those numbers are pretty good. He just doesn't have that three run shot or that grand slam that you always saw David Ortiz have in highlights or or Manny Ramirez or whatnot. So I'm just hoping he forces Bloom's hand with with a with a big year and a big postseason. And I don't I don't want to see him having a Hall of Fame. I don't want to see him going to Cooperstown with another team's hat on his plaque. That would be that would be brutal. And I I don't know how hell bent Bloom is on building a team that's almost entirely his and getting rid of all the Dombrowski holdovers. It theoretically it should be top of the priority list this offseason.
1: Um and one thing that might help is if JD Martinez opts out and he leaves, then it might be a little bit easier for Bloom to go. You know what? Okay, there's a lot of money that just went off the books. We weren't going to pay Rafi this this off season, but you know what? JD's gone. Xander, who knows what's going to happen with him? I think that's still kind of up in the air. Um, why not? Let's let's extend Rafael Devers now. At least we have something. We have a cornerstone at third base whether he stays at third or he moves over to first at some point, but there's a cornerstone there that we can build our offense around and he can go from there. So it should be top of the priority list for sure.
2: If, I mean, we we already said it about like the optics and whatnot. Every single season that passes by, it feels like, oh God, it's happening again, but not like the second again. the third or fourth again where we're letting top tier talent just it's like oh ah oh, damn it i just i had it and i lost it and i don't know how many more of these types of moments the red sox are going to be able to deal with before they end up overdoing it for someone that doesn't deserve it and that hasn't earned it and then we're going to get burned like the yankees have gotten burned time and time again Because they're waiting too long to pay out or or see that investment through and then they lose it. And then what's going to happen is they're going to overpay to get someone who never should have gotten that money. And you're going to have, pray to God, not the Giancarlo Stanton type of nightmare, but like something remotely close in the sense of you're paying a lot of money and you're not getting that return. It's like Jacoby Ellsbury. Like what was it, Terry? You always call him in witness protection. Like all that (laughs) money. All that money going to nothing. And it it, it hurts. Because I don't want to see him wearing another hat ever. Forget about in Cooperstown. Ever. Like, another jersey on him? It would pain me. I would have to probably mute the TV, change the channel. I I just couldn't do it.
0: Endeavors has been healthy throughout his career. And we're going to get an unhealthy dose of a guy named Nelson Cruz who is putting up elite offensive numbers from the DH position at 41 years old. He turned 41 uh, this month. So who knows how long Devers' career can go, but it's hard to not be haunted by the Red Sox botching the Lester situation. By the way, I wouldn't say the Red Sox necessarily botched the Mookie Betts situation, but it wasn't handled the way it should have been. So it's, I guess, hard to not have trust issues when it comes to, you know, what their approach might be to, to Devers. So another one kind of along the extension talk, this involves the twins, but I thought it was hilarious. I'm looking for it right now. Right here. The Twins basically um, tried to extend Byron Buxton today. Well, the news came out today that they were trying to extend him. And Buxton rejected the, the offer. And Charlie Midnight, who's a longtime listener of this podcast, says... If I'm the Twins, I'm sending Buxton packing. There are teams that will overpay for his potential, which he puts in quotes, at this point, to get something uh, they could use, rather than extend a guy who spends most of the year on the disabled list. So, Is Buxton going to be a guy that the Twins move on from here in a few short days? I don't think any team now wants to deal with the
2: BS of players that are not willing to sign some form of contract. In 2018, Byron Buxton played 28 games. 2019, 87 games. 2020, busted year. 39 games adding that all up together you still don't have a full effing season 2017 140 games 2015 2016 combined 138 games you are buying the minnesota version of aaron judge as far as injury problems not the bat because his career high is 16. He's never had more than 51 RBIs in a season. He has never hit more than 262 before this year. So if the twins are willing to sign someone who can't even stay healthy, dude, you're getting paid double because you're only playing half the season. So you're getting full salary for half the games. So if, you're, if they're offering you 15 mil a year, You should take it because that's like the equivalent of getting 30 million for you. You're only playing half the season. Like you're an idiot and he's gambling on himself and I get it. But 10 home runs, 19 RBIs. He doesn't even have two RBIs per home run on the average. It's just, if you're, if you're the twins, you're like, oh, this is just adorable. If you're Byron Buxton, what do you think you're actually going to get on the market? Do you think you're a $200 million player? Have you lost your goddamn mind? (laughs) Like, no. The Twins will be totally fine moving on from this. If the Red Sox are going to be okay moving on from someone like Xander Bogarts, Byron Buxton is a scrub. Scrub City. Garbage. Next.
1: I mean, Byron Buxton probably looked at the Jackie Bradley Jr. contract and went, oh, that's what he's getting? Okay, I can at least get twice that for... You know, at least a couple more years. So I don't blame him for kind of betting on himself. If teams are stupid enough to give fourteen million dollars a year to bum ass center fielders, um, and look, if the Twins are smart, they move on from Buxton. They shouldn't have offered him an extension to begin with. Um, he's what is he twenty eight now? Like it's not like he's a young guy. He's in his late twenties, and he can't stay healthy. So I at this at this point, the Twins. Their only priority should be signing Jose Barrios. That's it. If, if you're going to lock up anyone, lock up Barrios, and then start from there. Trade Kenton Maeda, trade Byron Buxton. I would trade Andrelton Simmons. I would trade Miguel Sano. I would trade all those guys because you're the Minnesota Twins. The only thing that people know you for the last couple of years is losing to the Yankees in the playoffs. That's the only thing you've done in your franchise's history. So this whole idea of, you know, we need to lock up Byron Buxton, why? What's that going to do for them? No, he, they should trade him. They should get as much for the, as they can for him on the open market, on the trade market. Some stupid team is going to give up a top prospect for that guy. Probably, maybe even the Yankees, for all we know. Because the Yankees love getting stupid outfielders and trading a lot for them. Um, they got Aaron Hicks from Minnesota, so they love Minnesota outfielders. So maybe they'll they'll trade with them. I don't know, but um, if Minnesota's smart, they move on from that guy and they they kind of blow it up this trade deadline because boy, do they need a reset in the worst way.
0: I just don't know who the dummy is the the Twins for actually offering it or Buxton for not taking the sure money because it's both an
2: option. What? Both has to be an option.
0: They're both idiots. Yeah, I just can't see Buxton really going on a run for a couple of years to to justify a long contract. I mean, that's a one year prove it guy to me. If I'm if I'm looking at, it. I mean, all the potential in the world. But next one, Harry Mann Jr. and his last name is Mann. M A N N. I should point that out. So he's not a hairy man. His name is Harry Man. Apparently. Um, I I shouldn't be making fun of our listeners. In the trade deadline is landing Jonathan Scope because he can play first or second and would be a good fit for the Red Sox.
1: Oh. I don't. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. I don't want Jonathan Scope. Um, no, I Scope is a good player, but I don't know. He He's not a difference maker to me. Um, I've been saying it for a couple weeks now, and I, I've been harping on it more and more lately because I really want the Red Sox to make this move. The best move they can make is to get Whit Merrifield. Um, Whit Merrifield is cheap. He's got term left on his contract, and... It's not so much that he can play first base, I don't think he really can, but he's kind of like an upgraded version of Kike Hernandez cuz he can go anywhere. He can go second base, he can go outfield, he can go uh, you know, I think he can play the corner if if it comes to it, but he's much more uh obtainable than Jonathan Scope. Jonathan Scope might actually be more expensive than Whit Merrifield at this point cuz Detroit is like they're trying to pump up his value as much as they can. So I disagree. I, Scope is a good player, but he's not. he doesn't put them over the edge. Whit Merrifield, to me, kind of puts the Red Sox over the edge a little bit more. So I disagree that he's the best move. He's, would it be a good move? Yeah, he'd be decent. But I want Whit Merrifield more than anyone else.
2: Oh, my God, Whit Merrifield. I uh, would love to see somebody like that because he's got team control for – Another year or two year 2022, 23, 22. Okay, cool, cool. So through 2022, um, I wasn't sure if it was another year or another two years. Um, that would be amazing. Oh my God. Adding someone like that, someone with wheels. Holy crap. That's like one of the most underappreciated stat lines, period, in all of baseball is base running. Baseball players just kind of forgot how to do it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some idiot in Pittsburgh or Chicago that forgets that they have to go right or they you know, they end up going to third base instead of first base. Eventually there's gonna be some idiot who's not paying attention to something stupid like that. Um oh man, Whit Merrifield would be so nice. Talk about a major change from, from Byron Buxton. Like, that's just trash. But Whit Merrifield, super classy player too. You can't say anything negative about him. Getting someone like that though, you're gonna be parting away you're gonna be parting ways with, with big big chips here and do the red sox really want to do that is it something that we want to do is something that we can afford to do sure um but if we get merrifield we're gonna blow through cap or, or uh you know not cap but we're gonna blow through um the threshold we're gonna be you know going over by a lot so if we're gonna get merrifield then who else
0: Yeah, it doesn't really solve the first base dilemma if you're going to get a guy like Merrifield. What it would do is is force Jaron Duran down, and then you can go with your center fielder of choice, whether that should be Kike, and it probably should be Kike, and then have Merrifield at, at second. So don't really solve the first base situation. But you're, you're a better team with Whit Merrifield, so.
2: You definitely do. You have someone who's a huge stolen basis threat. Ideally, I mean, he's not he's not going to plug in at first base. He's going to plug in either second or center, and maybe that resolves some of the issues you have. Maybe if Jaron Durant needs to go back down, you slot him in there for Jaron Durant. Oh, my God. Dude. And,
1: and keep in mind, too, talking about scope, we're talking about a guy who just started playing first base this year. He's been second base his whole career. He was second base in Baltimore. He was second base when he first got to Detroit. um I think they only started putting him in there this year. so it's not like we're talking about a guy who's played first base his whole career. He's just kind of now doing it right. so that's no different than what the Red Sox are trying to do with Franchi and with Michael Chavis and any other uh you know calculation they come up with at first so I you know i I just I've never been a scope guy. I think Scope is just kind of a jag who hits a home run every now and then. Like, yeah, his numbers look good at the end of the year. That's why he always gets a nice contract in the offseason. But Scope is not going to win you the ALCS. He's not going to bring you to the World Series. I, I just – I don't think he's a difference maker kind of guy.
2: I agree there. I, I don't think he's enough uh, enough to, as, as people will say, move the needle. Uh, I, I just don't see it. He's had a couple good seasons, but, I mean – He's also busted. Like, he had a couple good years in Baltimore, and since then he's had one and a half good years, uh, maybe call it two, 2019 and 2021. Um, But, I mean, he's... I mean, in my book, like, when I think of Shoop or Scoop, whatever, I think of of him as an Oriole. I don't think of him as a Brewer. I don't think of him as a twin uh, for a season. I don't think of him as a Tiger. Um, But I don't think that that would resolve the issues. I also don't think it's worth going over the threshold to get him i just don't
0: it does sound like a high bloom move though i mean you have to admit that <laughs> like someone were like under that it does with. yeah <laughs>
1: wouldn't shock me yeah yeah
0: all right uh, we will do one more uh one of our one of our more dedicated listeners to the show her twitter handle is march Madness, and she says the Giants scare her more than the Astros do in terms of uh, Red Sox matchups. Now, obviously, we would face one sooner than the other because we can't face the Giants before the World Series, but I'll say this about the Giants real quick. They're not going away they're here and they're going to they're going to add. I thought they were going away, but they're not. And they're going to add at the deadline. And if you look at their three world series runs, 2010, 2012, 2014, were they ever considered to be a serious threat by the trade deadline in each of those seasons or did they kind of get hot as October neared? So I'm just saying, I feel like it, it. would be dumb to count them out because there's no bona fide front runner, in my opinion, in the National League right now. Nobody, nobody has set themselves apart. Now, if the Dodgers get Scherzer in a week, because apparently they're talking, then we'll, we'll see. But
1: yeah, um, I still fear the more uh, because I the giants aren't going away. I agree with you. And I think the giants are a rare case that when they've done it in the past, they haven't had to add anybody. They just kind of, they just get it together. And, you know, and that's kind of what they're doing this year. They're, they're mostly being driven by guys. They offered qualifying offers to like Kevin Kalisman and, you know, Alex Wood, you know, D um, you know, that no one really thought that rotation was going to be any threat, but now it is, um, but I still don't love the path that they're going to have to go through. The Padres just got Adam Frazier tonight. So the Padres are, you know, once again, going all in Um, the Dodgers. I don't think are going to stay out of it for very long. They're, they're going to be good. They're going to be in it at the end. Um, One of those two teams is going to win the West. And then the others playing the wildcard game. And I don't think the giants can beat either San Diego or the Dodgers at this point. So Houston still scares me more because Houston is going to win their division. Um, I think pretty handedly too, because I've never been on the Oakland train um, like everyone else has been. I think Houston will add at the deadline because they have the farm system to do so. Um, Whether they add a starting pitcher or they add more offense, uh, we'll see. But they're going to add and they're going to be good. And I just think Houston, I think Houston right now Outside of the Red Sox is the best team in the American League. So uh they scare me way more than the Giants do because they're directly in the Red Sox way. Uh the Giants I'm not even sure will be there at the end. So I'm still Houston still scares me more, but can the Giants be there at the end? Yeah, absolutely. That wouldn't shock me at all.
2: I actually so I think Houston is is one of the teams to fear. Um I actually do fear the Giants more. And the reason for that being is I don't think there is any other team in major league baseball that has the pitching that the giants do. You have one of the best closers in baseball. You uh, are able to minimize the total level of damage that your, your starters have had to kind of give up. Your relievers are good. Uh, Kevin Gaussman is having a ridiculous season this year as arguably one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Um, Mark Melanson the ghost of Mark Melanson, who's now pitching in uh, San Francisco after busting in Boston, is one of the best closers in all of baseball. They're also starting to hit a ridiculous number of home runs. Buster Posey somehow refound himself. Brandon Crawford's one of the better players in baseball. Uh, you got Yastrzemski's son there. I think it's Mike Yastrzemski, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. He's out there too. Um, I think that if San Francisco can continue this level of consistency and dominance... It's not completely far-fetched to think that San Francisco can't get to the World Series. Like, they're they're going to the playoffs. They could win the division. They could sweep everything. Um, Or, like, minimal damage. One loss here, one loss there. If the Red Sox are facing San Francisco in the World Series, San Francisco's winning in five games. If San Francisco's playing Houston in the World Series, San Francisco's winning in six games. Uh, That's how confident I am about San
0: Francisco. I wouldn't be shocked, like I said, if San Francisco has a season like that. But on this day, at this moment, I think the Astros are the front runner to not only go to the World Series, but to win the World Series. Look at it this way. We've seen the Red Sox come from behind 32 times this year. And, and they play like they want to win, but does anybody really want to win it more than the Astros and put those last three years to bed and get a legitimate championship to shut up the haters? I think they're pretty hell bent and it's not a team I want to mess with. They throttled the Red Sox. I think we won what two out of seven, one out of seven, something like that. It wasn't, wasn't pretty. And I think they're going to get better. I think we're going to get better too but I just they scare me they scare me and I will say this there are some vibes of 2013 going on right now and and it's been brought up over social media and that season we did better than what we expected no one thought we were going to win the world series going into that year. And Napoli, Victorino, Johnny Gomes were considered to be okay signings, but a little bit underwhelming, much like some of the signings we had this year. But in 2021, I feel like the Astros are the Tigers from 2013. They're, they're the powerhouse that there's no way to avoid them. We're going to have to deal with them. If the Red Sox are going to win the world series, that road goes through Houston. So, and they want to win it really bad. So that's the team I fear the most right now. And keep in mind that uh, Carlos
1: Correa, who was probably one of the most vocal in terms of defending his team after all those cheating allegations, is in a contract here he's a free agent after the season and he's not like putting up monster numbers but i feel like if the astros make the postseason he's gonna make a lot of noise he's gonna have just one of those postseason runs where he just wants to shut everybody up and he wants to also increase his value so he's a guy that i wouldn't want to face in a big situation and and an alcs or anything like that so uh yeah i just i Houston scares me way more.
2: So I wanted to say this one more time um, just because I I didn't want to cut Terry off. I have to say the word now at the end because nobody, nobody thought the Giants were going to be relevant. We all picked the Dodgers, including Zach. Um, We went six for six. That was the only division that went six and oh. The, the second closest one was the NL East when everyone decided to go Braves and I picked Mets. No one in the NL, uh, no one picked the NL wild card to be, at least to my knowledge, my memory, the Giants. I had to look back. No one picked them at all. No one picked them at all. They were a complete sleeper. So if they end up going all the way, I'm curious to see if every single one of us are going to say, no, we we, we messed that one up. Because I'm going to to be the first one to admit it. I completely downplayed and completely underestimated what they could do. I did not think that they were going to do this good. I just did
0: not. I didn't either. Uh, They weren't even on my radar. And don't forget, Gabe Kapler is their manager. So... (laughs) Failed in, in Philly with a huge payroll and a very talented roster, and now Girardi's failing in Philly with uh you know Dave Dombrowski is going to destroy that organization anyway, but um but yeah so. That's about all we have time for. We ran a little longer than normal anyway. Hope everybody enjoyed it. We will be back on Thursday night to discuss what happened in the Toronto series. Hopefully with good results to report because we don't want Tampa to have the lead by the time that series ends. So hope everyone is enjoying the early part of your week. And we'll be back with you by your Friday morning commute. Take care.